Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Ords, the president of Gateway Seminary, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. A person asked me an interesting question recently. They asked me uh, which was more difficult, planting a church or pastoring a church? And what they specifically wanted to know was which was more difficult, planting a church or revitalizing or helping to restart or re-envision a church's ministry? So I answered that question with a question. Which set of problems do you want to solve? The answer to the question of which is harder, church planting or church pastoring, is really determined for each individual person by which set of problems you want to solve. Uh, Planting and pastoring are both hard. I've done both. I was a pastor uh, in the Midwest. I was a church planter in the Northwest. I went to a church, attendance about 100, and saw it grow to attendance of around 300. Um, I know what it takes to go into a smaller church and help it to become a growing, more thriving church. Then I planted a church. I started a church with four families in a middle school gymnasium in a suburb of Portland, Oregon. Uh, church planting's hard. Church pastoring's hard. The answer to which one is harder really relates more to which set of problems do you want to solve? Now, for me, pastoring was harder because the set of problems I had to solve in that context were more challenging for me than the problems I had to solve as a church planter. So for me, church planting was easier than church pastoring, but that's because of how I perceived the sets of problems I had to deal with and how I was able to address them uh, from my leadership perspective. Another uh, uh, issue is that planting and pastoring each have unique challenges. And again, the answer to the question of which is harder relates to which of those challenges you perceive to be more onerous, more difficult, uh, less appealing to address, things like that. For example, uh, church pastoring has the challenge of overcoming the inertia of the tradition that may, have encapt- that may have captured the church and may be keeping it from going forward. But church planting has the challenge of no people, no tradition, no patterns of ever having done anything before and trying to establish those from the very beginning. Again, both of those are significant challenges. It's just which one of those is a challenge that you feel like that you're more uh, eager to accept, uh, will be more invigorated in attempting to solve. You get the idea. And then planting and pastoring have different goals. And so, again, uh, it's a matter of which set of goals do you find most uh, appealing that you really want to apply yourself to, that you really want to give it all to try to accomplish. That's how you're going to come to the answer to the question. So for me... Uh, asking, when I was asked the question, which is harder, planting or pastoring? I was only able to answer that question with another question. Which set of problems do you want to solve? Both planting and pastoring are hard. Both have unique challenges. Both have different goals. And so to answer the question, you have to settle which set of challenges, goals, and which hard circumstances do you find most invigorating, most appealing, do you most want to apply yourself to in working out 
your life's calling. Now, that is how you answer the question. So if you're out there today thinking, would I be happier as a church pastor or happier as a church planter? Will I, am I more suited to being a church pastor or being a church planter? Uh, should I think of myself as being on a church planting team? Or would I be better to join an existing church and join a pastoring team? You're thinking about where you fit, and you're trying to determine which one is for you. Well, asking the question which one is harder is one way to get at that solution, but asking uh, other questions are more significant, and I'm going to get to those in just a moment. Before I do that, though, let's talk about some of the commonalities between planting and pastoring in terms of leadership perspective. First of all, both planters and pastors require similar character strength. You know, the Bible has a description in 1 Timothy about pastoral leaders, what's expected of them, what are the qualities and characteristics of them, etc. Those pastoral leadership qualities are the same, whether you're the pastor of a church plant or the pastor of an existing church. Uh, The character qualities are very similar. Both require integrity. Both require humility. Both require courage. And so there's a lot of commonalities in character issues. Uh, Another set of commonalities are some of the leadership skills. Uh, In both contexts, there's the need to be able to articulate mission, to cast vision, to clarify values, to create uh, action plans which uh, reflect goals that the organization, the church, can meet. And so in both contexts, certain leadership skills are required. Now, the implementation, or you might say the application of those leadership skills might look different in planting versus pastoring, but nevertheless, these leadership skills of articulating mission, casting vision, clarifying values, setting goals, developing action plans, intentionally leading an organization forward, they're the same in both contexts. Another commonality is that both planting and pastoring require preaching and communication skills. The capacity to stand up and deliver God's word is certainly significant in pastoral ministry, but it's equally significant for church planters. While we're speaking perhaps to different audiences and in different contexts and sometimes in different locations, maybe one in a church building, one in a rented facility of some kind, uh, both Planting and pastoring require communication skills, preaching skills, the ability to communicate God's word clearly, and even beyond that, the ability to communicate clearly uh, by being able to, as I've already said, articulate mission, vision, values, goals, action, action plans, etc. And then finally, another commonality are uh, what I call caring skills. Church planters and church pastors have to be able to interface well with people, to relate well with people, to demonstrate care, compassion, concern, uh, to be able to build relationships that matter, to develop community both around them and in the organizations they lead. And so again, while these take some different expressions in planting and pastoring, interpersonal skills, caring skills, relational skills, these things are still valued by both. So church planting, church pastoring, uh, there are some commonalities, character issues, leadership skills, preaching skills, caring skills. All of these are some of the things that pastors and church planters have in common. But now let's talk about some of the differences. 
And perhaps as I identify these, uh, these differences, you'll be able to think through a little more carefully whether you fit better as a church planter or a church pastor, whether you would be better served to join a church planting team or join a church and get on a pastoral team, which context uh, do you find yourself most suited uh, to serve? Maybe sorting out some of the differences will help you do that. First, planters tend to be more entrepreneurial. And the downside, they also tend to be less stable. Planters tend to be more entrepreneurial. In other words, they are willing to, take, uh, to, to do what's never been done before, to attempt new things, to try new approaches. They're also willing to uh, try things and move on from them fairly quickly if they don't work really all that well. Planters tend to be more entrepreneurial. And as I said, this comes with a downside. They tend to be a little less stable. Uh, they tend to flit from idea to idea fairly quickly, uh, to move from approach to approach fairly uh, rapidly. They tend to have a more fluid uh, approach to and style of ministry, and they're certainly able to move a lot more nimbly and quickly, but they also can be, because of that, perceived to be less than stable or committed or uh, are, are able to stay with a project, a proposal, or an idea, or a direction for very long. Uh, church pastors, on the other hand, tend to be a little more stable in terms of their planning mo models, their ministry models, their decision-making models, and they tend to be because they often are working with facilities and organizations and programs and people that have been in place for some time, uh, even forced to work more slowly, more methodically, uh, to, work, uh, to, to bring about effective change in their context. So one of the first differences between planters and pastors is that planters are more entrepreneurial, and downside, sometimes perceived to be a little less stable. Another difference is that planters embrace risk. And the downside, they also have less to lose. So planters are more willing to embrace risk. When I moved uh, across the country to plant a church, the people that we were leaving, in some cases, thought we had lost our minds. I remember one woman saying to my wife, I can't believe you would take your children across the country to that godless place. Wow, godless place. <laughs> That's what she said. The perception was we were taking this huge risk <clears throat> to move across the country and plant a church. When we moved to plant the church, we left a salary with benefits and a pretty stable kind of support base. And people said, I can't believe you're willing to give up this you know, and take those risks financially. And I looked at it and thought, what's the risk? God, God will provide. And God has resources in Oregon. God will take care of us. I look back on it now and I realize maybe there was more risk than I thought at the time. But at the time, I didn't really even perceive it to be a big risk. I knew that we had uh, some initial funding waiting for us from our denomination. And when we arrived and started reaching people, they would start giving and, and the funding would be provided. It, it, it really didn't seem to be that big of a risk. But some people perceived we were taking a great spiritual risk by moving our family to the Northwest. Some perceived we were taking a great uh, financial risk because we were willing to launch out and plant this new church. But beyond that, we were willing, even when we arrived in Oregon, to embrace risk. We, we were willing to try new things that had never been tried before and uh, to, to, uh, uh, 
to to gamble, if you will, on on those things being uh, effective. And if they weren't, uh, move on from them fairly quickly. And that's why I say that while church planters embrace risk, they are able to do that because really they, they have a lot less to lose. You know, when you have a church building and uh, years of, of resource built up in that context, and then you have uh, programs and organizations and other things that are a part of a church that's gone on for years, and you start talking about making major change and taking big risk, there's a lot you can lose there. Now, don't misunderstand me. That doesn't mean I don't think that churches should take risks, but I'm just saying that there's a difference here. Uh, and the risk tolerance that you have could indicate whether or not you belong in church planting or whether or not you belong in uh, church pastoring. Now, it's kind of funny about this because over the years, as I've gotten older, and as I've led an institution now for 16 years, I probably have become more risk-averse than I was in my younger years. And certainly while I still try to be an innovative leader and still try to be open to new ideas, let's be honest, I, I know I've gotten less aggressive about risk-taking as time has gone by. Uh, this came really clear to me a few years ago. Uh, my youngest son proposed to me that he was going to start a business. And he had a job offer in hand from a very uh, large and well-established uh, company here in the United States, but he, he said, no, I really think I want to plan a, a plan, a start this business. Well, he talked to me about it, and of course, I was super cautious and asked a lot of questions, and I wasn't really sure, and finally, he smiled and said, now, Dad, um, you seem to be concerned about me taking this risk, and I said, yes, I, I guess I am, and he said, I'd like to remind you that you moved a wife and three preschool children across the United States to plant a church with four families in a middle school gymnasium. And I smiled and said, wow, you, you got me there. <laughs> so you're willing to take those same kind of risks in the business area? And he said, yeah, I am, Dad. And of course, he did that, and it turned out to be uh, very successful, and they were able to do well with this business that they started. But in the time that they started it, none of us knew how it would turn out. He was willing to take the same risks I was willing to take just in a different area of life. Planters, entrepreneurs, founders, they're willing to embrace risk. In my case, it was in a church plant. In my son's case, it was in starting a business. But nevertheless, uh, if you're a person who likes risk, you're willing to take risks, you're not particularly fearful about what might happen. You're willing to try new things and see what comes about out of those and adjust quickly on the fly. If, as I've already said, you're more entrepreneurial and you're willing to embrace risk, you may just be better served as a church planter than as a pastor of an established church. Here's another one. Uh, church planters tend to thrive on new ideas. And the downside is they also get bored easily. Church planters thrive on new ideas. When I was a church planter, I was an idea-a-minute guy. I was always coming up with new ideas, new approaches, new things that we were going to try or see if we could make work. In fact, when our church started, we actually adopted some value statements, and one of these was this. We value risk and failure over the status quo. What we meant by that was we were... We were uh, concretizing, if you will. We were putting in writing and sticking in our materials this value. We value risk and failure. We are willing to take a chance on new ideas, and we're going to move on quickly from them if they fail, but that doesn't mean we're not going to try new things. I, I, uh, uh, I, I observe a pattern that people who are successful at something tend to only remember and talk about what worked. 
And so in church planting, I tried to not do that. And in teaching on church planting, I try to share a lot of failure stories. And man, we had some. We tried some things in church planting that had zero results, no response from the community, that really were not good ideas. Um, We tried many of those, and yet some did work. And so when we did find one that worked, we would capitalize on that and try to magnify it and get even more results from it. But the point is, church planters thrive on new ideas, and not just on good new ideas, but on all new ideas, and they're willing to take risks, entrepreneurial attempts to do things that have never been done before. These three first differences kind of build on each other. Planters are entrepreneurial, they embrace risk, and they thrive on new ideas. If you're that kind of person, maybe you ought to veer toward church planting or being on a church planting team, but... On the other side of that, I was once teaching about this when an established pastor raised his hand in my conference and said, it just sounds to me like you're throwing a lot of things on the wall and hoping something sticks. I don't find that to be a good leadership strategy. And I thought, no, you wouldn't because you pastor an existing church with a lot of facilities and a lot of programs and a lot of people and a lot of tradition about how things have been done and you have a pattern of something that has worked fairly well. And so in order to change that, you're going to need to do background studies and you're going to need to do feasibility studies and you're going to need to do a pilot program and you're going to need to work very closely with your leaders to be sure there's an emotional engagement before you try to bring it for the whole church. I get all that. That's the way pastors lead, and that's a good thing, by the way. But church planters, they tend to be different in how they approach new ideas and the pace and rate of change. Well, here's a fourth one. Planters love meeting new people, but they tire quickly from problem people. Church planters love meeting new people. When I was a church planter, I thrived on meeting new people. The most important thing that we measured every week was how many new people came to our church. Uh, And once you were there and once you'd come two or three times, we considered you kind of part of the family and we were already looking for the next new person who was going to walk in the door. We tracked every new person who came and the number of new people who came. We actually tracked it monthly. And our goal was to have an ever-increasing number of people that were participating in our church, believing that as that pool grew, that the net gain of our church would also grow. Now, we were willing to connect with 10 people, hoping one of them became a part of our church. A lot of ministries don't think that way. They think, no, we want to focus on the one, and we want to work with that one until we cultivate that one and bring that one into our church, and then we'll go on to the next one. And I certainly don't uh, object to that. I think that's a way that many pastors view ministry, but that's not the way church planters view it. We want to connect with as many people as possible, and we love meeting new people. I was talking with a church planter recently in a small town, about 15,000 people, Uh, They planted their church. They went to their chamber of commerce and they said, we'd like to get more connected in the community as church planters. And as our new church is starting to grow, we want to make a difference in the whole community. So how can we serve you? And the director of the chamber said, oh, well, you know, the biggest thing in our community is called Riverfest. And that's where our whole community comes together. And we have a three-day party with music and games and entertainment and Um, food, and just all kinds of uh, events. It's like a giant festival or fair down by the river. 
Well, our my church planting friend said, "Well, what's the what's some of the hardest jobs or some of the things that you need done there?" And she said, "Well, actually, uh, maybe the hardest thing we have to staff with volunteers every year is the admissions area. Now it's free, but we have to screen people as they come in, and we have to put a, a, a bracelet on them so that you know they, they're carded for alcohol, and and they're also uh, you know uh, we have record of who's there. I mean, they they have to have some kind of screening as people are coming in and out." Well, my church planner friend said, what if we took that responsibility for you? We'll staff that booth for the whole three days, 10 hours a day. We'll cover it. We'll make sure that it's done properly. We'll screen everybody who comes in. We'll register people. We'll get them connected. We'll get them into the, into the event. Well, the chamber president was like, wow, if you're really serious, I would love to turn that over to you. Well, the church planner was giddy. He couldn't believe it. And so this new church plant was able to mobilize their small number of people to work these three days at this festival, and guess what they did? They met every person who came through the turnstiles, who came through the entry points. They met every single person. They got to meet them. They got to register them. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people came through, and this church was able to get connected with all the people that did that, and they loved it. Why? Because church planters thrive on meeting new people. They can't meet enough new people, and that was a great opportunity, and that church, out of that experience, has propelled forward in the community much more rapidly than it might have otherwise because of getting to meet hundreds and hundreds of new people the first year, and now they've continued to do this these last few years. They've now become known as the greeting people, the people who run the entry points for the festival. And the church has, they're able to put their signs up and say, welcome to the festival. You know, we're, we're registering, you know, we're helping, we're serving. And their church has gained a reputation because they do thrive on meeting new people. Well, church planters, though, can also tire quickly from problem people or difficult people. And pastors don't usually have that option of moving on from them very quickly. I know when I was a church planter, uh, an older leader gave me this advice, and it's kind of folksy, but it, it's, it's real. He said, hey, Jeff, remember, uh, a bright light attracts a lot of bugs. And when you plant your church, you're going to be a bright light in the community, and you're going to attract some people that you're going to wonder, really, are they going to be able to stick with us? And that's exactly what happened. We attracted some problem people, some people who had some theological issues, some people who had some uh, personality quirks, some people who had some uh, some uh, leadership challenges. They wanted to sort of try to take over and dominate, and they saw it as an opportunity to get in on the ground floor of a church and really make it like it should be, you know. And well, those kind of people uh, became evident fairly quickly in a small church plant, and we had to ask them to move on. They just really couldn't be a part of what we did. You know, it's a little easier to do that, I found, in a church plant context than it is in an established church where the person's been a member for 10 years and starts causing these kind of problems. It's much more challenging. So the upside is church planters love meeting new people. Maybe the downside is we're not as good at working with problem people. We tend to just move them on, whereas established churches and pastors have to deal with those people in a different kind of context. Another difference is church planters tend to be more one-dimensional. We we tend to really value evangelism, missions, outreach, and anything that connects with lost people. Now, that's good for church planters because church planters don't have a church if they don't reach a lot of lost people. But church pastors tend to have a, a more uh, comprehensive view of the total ministry of a church. 
Uh, they tend to see all age groups and all needs and all perspectives of what needs to happen within the ongoing ministry of a church. They, they value men's ministry and women's ministry, and they value children's ministries and youth ministries, and they value caring ministries and need-meeting ministries and, <clears throat> and ministries like um, food pantries and clothing closets and things like that. Church pastors tend to have a more global view of the ministry of the church, where as church planters may grow toward that as their church matures, but certainly in the beginning, they're more one-dimensional, focused on evangelism and missions and all that goes with that. And then finally, church planters tend to connect better with a target audience, whereas church pastors tend to, as I've said, be more comprehensive in their capacity to relate to all ages and needs. When you move into a church planting situation, while you're open to anyone coming to faith in Jesus and becoming a part of your church, you tend to, as church planters, target a certain neighborhood, a certain community, a certain kind of people that you're trying to reach. And as I said, while others may come, that is certainly the focus of what you're trying to accomplish, reaching a target audience. And church planters often look like their target audience. They're often the same age, have the same background, the same experiences as their target audience. And so they're more skilled at reaching a certain niche of people than perhaps a broad range of people like a church pastor might be able to do. Well, these are not rigid differences. They're not laws or categories that can't have some soft edges. But just in general, planters are more entrepreneurial they embrace risk, and they thrive on new ideas. Planters love meeting new people, are more one-dimensional, usually focused on evangelism and missions, and connect better with a target audience. Church pastors, on the other hand, tend to be more stable in their approach to leadership and decision-making. They have more to lose, and so they're more cautious about decisions. Uh, <clears throat> they don't move quickly on every new idea, but tend to be more methodical in their approach to analyzing and considering new ideas. Church pastors can't move on quickly from problem people, and while they may enjoy new people who come to their church, they have to have a focus that encompasses the total work of the church, including all kinds of people they have to connect with. They are not so one-dimensional, pastors I mean. They tend to have a more global view of the ministry of the church and see all aspects of church ministry as having value and being equal of, uh, uh, of or being, uh, having value and needing some of their attention along the way. And rather than focusing just on a target, church pastors tend to be more comprehensive in their sense of reaching all ages of people with all kinds of needs and backgrounds. So now, which should you do? Should you invest yourself in church planting or church pastoring? Should you become a church planter? Should you become a pastor of an existing church? Should you join a team that's going to plant a new church? Or should you join a church and volunteer to be on the pastoral team in some context? Well, three more things to think about as you answer that question. Number one, fulfill your calling. Fulfill your calling. Find out what you really believe God wants you to do and do that. Yes, all this analysis I'm describing on the podcast and all these categories <clears throat> that I'm mentioning are helpful, but the most important thing is to fulfill your calling as you believe God has given it to you. Second, use your gifts. Not the gifts you wish you had, not the gifts other people tell you you have, not the gifts that you might like to think you want to get someday, but the gifts you have right now. What are the spiritual gifts God has given you? What are the, what are the uh, abilities God has given you? What are the, the talents God has given you? What is the training God has given you? Use your gifts. 
And if those gifts seem to be more useful in church planting, go that direction. But if they're more useful in church pastoring, go that direction. And then finally, and most importantly, be satisfied with the role God has given you. Church planting is not better than church pastoring, and church pastoring is not better than church planting. Both of these are vital roles in God's kingdom. And while at different times, in different seasons, in different denominations or different associations or different regions, one of these gets elevated above the other to try to bring about balance or growth or progress, let's remember that church planting and church pastoring are both valid, equal, important callings in God's kingdom. Back when I was coaching Little League Baseball, in an early practice every year, I would always ask my team, what's the most important position on the field? And the boys would always answer, shortstop, pitcher, catcher. Those are important positions on a baseball field, but that's not the right answer. When I would ask, what's the most important position on the field? I would teach the boys to answer back, the position I'm playing. Because in the moment the ball is hit, if you don't play the position you're assigned, your team is going to suffer. I would say the same thing about you. Play the position you've been assigned. The most important position in God's kingdom is the position you're playing. It's the one you've been assigned. It's the one God has called you to. It's the one he's made you for. It's the one he expects you to fulfill. So don't get caught up in, I need to be in church planting because it's more important, or I need to be in church pastoring because it's more important, or I need to be in church planting because there's more resources there, or I need to be in church pastoring because there's more resources there, or I need to be a church planter because people respect me more and value me more and think my commitment is greater, or I need to be a pastor because of those same reasons. Don't get caught up in all that. Recognize that both of these roles are vital roles in God's kingdom. Play the position God assigns. Play it with all your heart. Put yourself into it totally and recognize that as you do that, you will be accomplishing what we need you to do to help us fulfill the overall work of God's kingdom. Hey, church planting, church pastoring, they're both important. Make the right decision as you lead on.